louder clap. Yeah. Welcome to Rain City Supercars. I'm Nick. I'm Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We're coming at you recording live at Drivers Club, brought to you by Avance, Carter Subaru, Haggerty, and Rainier Beer. How you doing, Dan? Good, man. It's finally stopped raining, and this forecast looks clear. It was nice today. Yeah. It was really nice today. So it was kind of an interesting weekend. Um, Longboarding, wash some cars. Nice. Thank you yours. again for your help this weekend. As uh, many of you know, I'm sure Adam from Avance will give me for this, but I modified the Subaru again. Um, <laughs> it was a fun project, really. It, was, it actually really was fun. We had a good time um, putting new springs on it. But uh, I thank you for that. It. Uh, I think you've reached the limits of lift on that vehicle. Oh, totally. Oh, God. We may have gone too far, actually. I mean... <laughs> It's, we'll see. Like it's two inches. You're supposed to do two inches, but yeah. So. Yeah, but yeah, we, as we were discussing with Davis earlier, tires, springs, spacers is probably, what, what did you measure it as? Eight inches of ground clearance before. What is it at now? The front bumper is a foot off the ground now. In <laughs> <laughs> a cross track. <laughs> it's it's going like, to get to the point where it has more height than horsepower, but. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, you got like yeah. feet to the gallon now. Pretty much, too. Uh, it's dropping. Uh, we're, I'm actually thanks to you. I'm going to rectify that rack situation. I went back to the guys at Road and Rack in Bellevue, and we're going to we're going to create a fairing for it. So cool. That, that, um, that yeah, gonna, yeah. That'll make a huge difference. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to do a little tweaking, but it's it. I love that new rack, that new Yakima rack I've got on there. And I mean, and it's it, the thing about that rack is built to be on the top of a Land Cruiser in the middle of the desert in That's Australia. Right. So it's really fine to be on top of the Subaru. So. <laughs> foot too wide uh, no that's the slowest that's the smallest one you can get but it, it carries everything really well so i'm yeah. i'm really happy with it but it's a quality product that's yeah. for sure yeah that's all the things have been right well you know i, I want to talk about something before we get into our guest today it's something that kind of hits home with us is uh, a lot of people have been talking about it in the news is what's going on down in monterey car week or what's going on with carmel um yeah specifically I and i think a lot of people are kind of freaking out about it because if you don't know the carmel pinecone which is the local carmel n- newspaper has announced that uh not this year but next year carmel is going to limit all it all all car events in carmel to two shows um if people don't know uh, when you look at a map you have seaside you have monterey you have carmel and in between is basically 10 miles what is it, what's the drive that uh pebbles on is it 10-mile drive? 10-mile drive. Yeah. So, um, and Monterey Car Week takes place everywhere along there. And yep. so there are events that take place in Carmel. There are pl- events that take ca- place in Monterey. There are pl- events that take place in Seaside. Seaside being one that's kind of up and coming. In fact, Concorso takes place there. Uh, Exotics on Cannery Row, when they got kicked out of Monterey for <laughs> all of the debauchery, now takes place there. Um, and people are freaking out saying, this is going to kill Monterey Car Week. Um, it's not going to kill Monterey Car Week. Um, the people of Carmel have, have sort of been fighting back. And... To that point, and I'm and I'm going to make a little bit not a political statement here, but if you follow a lot of these YouTubers, it, there there's it's a lot of the source of the problems. These people this year this year in Carmel, it was huge problems. People doing burnouts, people like Damon Fryer from Daily Driven Exotics, and and Alex Choi, and all those guys were down there, and they were being absolute, and. Um, it's causing an issue, and it is going to affect the rest of us. So um, as much as I love watching their content and things like that, it, it's it's starting. And then they're not the only problem. They're, there's a lot no, of stupid people. No, they're the big people. names. It's they're actually the, the smaller names, names that contribute yeah. a lot because they're trying to be like them. Yeah, but Carmel was an absolute storm this year. And, yeah. <laughs> and I hate to say that, but it was, and it really, they had, you know, the car, poor Carmel police, which is, Carmel's, if you don't know, one of the best events during Car Week is, the Wednesday or the Thursday before Pebble, all the cars that are going to be at Pebble drive into downtown Carmel, and they do a drive, and they, it's it's the best place, and it's free. And it's beautiful, and it's you can get up close. Like, yeah, yeah, and you can get up closer than you'll get at Pebble. And these are cars that drive that get more points for driving on the tour. But 
it's um, it's an issue, and and you know we could see uh, effects. It's not going to shut down Monterey Car Week. I don't think. No. It's getting tougher and tougher because the the thing that is shutting down Monterey Car Week actually, and Dan and I have seen this, is the major sponsors aren't sponsoring events anymore. The major car sponsors aren't coming in and putting up the giant booths and doing the events like they have and having the houses that they used to have there. For years, Ferrari had a, had its own gas station in Carmel, where if you owned a Ferrari, you could come in, the gas was free, and they had a lunch there and all that. Yeah. It was benefits of being an owner. And they're not doing these things anymore because they're, they're, they're putting their marketing dollars some of the other places. We've seen it a lot with Concorso. Yeah. Um, some of, like Fiat. You know, the, the Fiat used to come huge booths and, and espresso i mean they set up a an espresso stand and, and and i know that sounds small but they set up like a whole building that was an espresso stand and so that's where we're seeing the loss in, at monterey car week and i don't think it's going to kill it but as somebody who's a big lover of it and somebody like dan and i who work there it's, yeah it's sad to see well yeah car events in general are large Outdoor car events in general have been shrinking left and right. I mean, uh, there was an article a while back, uh, Texas Cars and Coffee got shut down for like the third time and changed locations for like, I don't know how many times they've had to change locations. Uh, They're cracking down on them way more than they used to. Horsepower has become a lot cheaper. That's one big thing. That's a theme in general is that now you can find, it's not the new market, it's the used market. Go look at, uh, we were just talking about this before the show, used C7 Z06s are dropping into the 50s now with low mileage. And so that's under half of what they were. Yeah, so $100,000 cars are selling for about fifty, and for $50,000, you can get a 650 horsepower, 650 foot-pound of torque burnout machine that in the wrong hands is going to be a big problem real quick and can cause a lot of damage. And we, you see that a lot now. Everybody's got cameras everywhere, and every Cars and Coffee event is just a burnout show. I saw somebody online, and it was kind of an interesting topic that was started, uh, a high-horsepower license that says if you buy a car over a certain horsepower, you're required to basically go back to driving school and, and take an, another license. Which I've seen that, yeah. I don't think is a horrible thing, to be honest. I, it's not... Well, but the, the <laughs> Downside biggest, being the government would be in charge of it. <laughs> okay, true. <laughs> but I'm saying the idea, there's some, you know, the idea of these guys, like, what's the famous story about the guy with the demon that made it less than... What, Three tenths of a mile from the dealership, he, yeah, holds, the, he holds the record or whatever for break, breaking his car. So, people don't know how to drive these cars. No, we used, we used to. This is funny because the the motorcycle market. This was a joke back in the day because I lived through the transition of like it when the CBR one thousand double R came out. Like its horsepower was insane, and all those leader bikes' power was insane at the time. Like the racers, like I look back at the the guys riding seven fifty twins. Uh, Freddie Spencer and things like that, Joey Dunlap, things like that. Like they had like 50 horsepower. And um, what's the one that's right out here? The uh, oh, the flat, classic flat tracker bikes. The one that did the Bonneville speed, the black bike that's out here, the Shadow. Oh, the Norton, not Norton. Um, BSA Matchless Norton. I was say, like, anyway, you're, you're the bike. Guy. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah, sorry, okay, I'm drawing yeah. a blank right yeah. now. But um, I can see it on the wine bottle. But those those bikes had like <laughs> like. You know, 50 horsepower. Yeah. And that was insanity. And when they had bikes like that. But we used to have guys that would crash. Uh, literally, I would watch them leave and crash leaving the parking lot. I was like, one, how did you get your endorsement? Two, what endorsement? <laughs> I'm glad you <laughs> crashed it here instead of on the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, and it was a laugh. We tried not to laugh, but we saw it every month. Is the Hayabusa still the meanest thing out there? No, it's Kawasaki's got a supercharged, uh, it's like, it's a leader bike. Because that's what bikes 300 mean. Supercharges, supercharges and turbos. 300 horsepower. Yeah. Insanity, yeah. uh, which is a lot more than a lot of sports cars. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, the solutions, 
I don't know what it is entirely. It's not going to be accountability because that's never going to catch on. So <laughs> I wish it would. But yeah, but you know, like, like, maybe a Mustang license. That's maybe that. Those? <laughs> I don't know. Something you know, how not to come out of a parking lot, and run over the curb, and kill people. You know, something like that. <laughs> There's a children's book there somewhere. I don't know where. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think the the key for the shows is one uh, partnering with your local law enforcement. Mm-hmm. We do that a lot with Exotics. We have a lot of friends that are in Redmond PD, actual friends, in person friends that are Redmond PD, yeah. and. Uh, we people talk- that recognize us in public and acknowledge us, yeah. friends. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we when we joke about it, but it, it makes a huge difference when you have a good relationship with local PD. And I think if car shows need to start with that, a lot of guys worry about venue and where they're going to go. Like, no, find a place where the local PD will support you, not just hate you. Because th- that will come quickly if you don't have that first. Then make your rules and stick to them. And yeah. don't be afraid to make people mad exactly. if you kick them out. And they contact us often throughout the year to say, hey, do you know this vehicle? When yeah. that vehicle is caught doing burnouts on I-5 by Tacoma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot like about that. that. Yeah. yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah, that happened recently. So, of course, they were like, hey, do you know this system? I was like, oh, yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> like, oh, they have a warrant now. Thanks. Especially with people's online presence and things like that. I'm, there's this trend I'm noticing of people that are seeing, like, YouTubers' cars, and they're, like, standing on the hoods and taking photos and posting them on Instagram. And I'm going, how stupid <laughs> do you have to be, like... And then tagging the people who own the car. Whatever. That's a different time. We're growing man. off of, uh, we're getting digressing. But well, I mean, I mean, it's the downfall I'm, of what we're seeing a lot of car shows. And I think if you want to host one. I think that, that Carmel is being extreme. And I, but I think they're doing it for a reason. It's causing chatter. It's, it's making people kind of, the, the butts are clenching. And um, well, What's the median age of a resident in Carmel? 70? Yeah, but as, as we know, a lot of people that live in Carmel, they don't they stick around for Car Week. They, they rent out their house for the week and make their mortgage for the year, pretty much. So <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, you know but uh, if, uh, we'll see where it goes. I, I, th- I think there's a little bit of bluffing in there. Um, but uh, I also think there will be some crackdown. Yeah, I think that it is getting stricter and stricter. I mean, you see how mad the police get down there when we're down there. Yeah, not at us. No, 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 no. Just we've seen them yelling at people. We're like, ooh. It is funny because you, <laughs> if you if you've never been there, you get in so much traffic, you can't really be ripping around. There's not. There's not. A, it's like. Yeah, if you're if you're gonna be yeah. speeding in there, it's probably because you're gonna be on a lime scooter. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> there's no other way to get anywhere. It'd actually, be fun to do. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I was just think about that. We get so it's so easy. Okay, excellent. All right. Well, I'll get off my soapbox now. I apologize. For <laughs> Car show season I'm, is coming. I'm passionate about it. Yeah, car show season is coming. It's you know, and it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be another great year around here. I mean, obviously, all the events that's coming up around here. The one I want to get to actually, and I keep meaning to, is that um, Lake uh, Lake Washington Cars. Lake Washington Cars and Coffee. I've been on there a few times. It's great. I, know, I keep thinking about it, and then it's on Sunday mornings, and I either end up at church or I sleep in. So yeah, I just sleep a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's my only day where I'm not up I? the crack of dawn. No, yeah, so yeah. 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 Anyway, speaking of cars and not having one for car, oh, <laughs> car shows this year, okay. welcome Brian Elitch to the show. Thank you for having Hello, me. Hello, friend. Hi. How are you? I acknowledge you in public. <laughs> you acknowledge me. <laughs> there was that one thing. But, you know, so. Just that one thing. I think you acknowledged me or my wife, actually, at that time. Yeah. The Swiss Miss? Yeah, yeah the Swiss Miss. Oh, she's going to love that. Oh, yeah. Let's bring that she up. She knows we love her. Your wife's great. Well, yeah, I meant, I didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah, well, nobody likes me. They love my wife. Well, that's fair. I and, wouldn't and be dogs, me without dogs, my yeah. wife. Yeah, so. The dogs are adorable. Yeah. They're, well, I, I, I really mean, you can you, take them home. Because you, mean, you named your son Maverick. Yeah. That's one of my favorite. That's reasons, pretty cool. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian, you are working at Chevrolet, and I bought my Z06 from you. Um, I've sent a lot of friends to you. 
requests. Actually, so, you hold the record currently for referrals. Yeah, I've sent a lot of my friends this way. A lot of them have been repeat customers already as their families have grown or their needs have changed. Yeah. Um, have reached out. That's my favorite part of this whole a lot. Job. I do. I, <laughs> I actually, like I said, he holds the record for people he's sent in this. Uh, you know, you guys have had uh, the one degree of separation. Uh, a lot of the things I've done have come from knowing you guys. And uh, from that, uh, you'd be surprised how many people have bought a car. Oh, well, that's great. That makes me feel better. You're close to getting that uh, free coffee mug from him. Pretty that's, soon, you know, so. got to have goals, It's going to say Chevy Cobalt on it, but other than that, <laughs> you know, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, it was one of the best buying experiences I've had, actually. I was probably the, the sh- one of the shortest ones as well. So that made life a lot easier. And it was only a half deal. For anybody that doesn't understand that, that means that there was another salesperson involved uh, originally. Oh, was there? Yeah. You were supposed to come in and see an associate, and he was off that day. Oh, poor guy. I got to help you for the uh, he probably, I know you guys met? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, was I, just, I, I didn't know if you guys knew each other before that. No, he walked into the dealership asking for someone else, and, and I was like, well, are you supposed to meet him? Or yeah, He knows I'm coming. Oh, okay, let me hold on. And they were like, yeah, I, I can't make it. So... And well, still me, works there. Let me see how and I can. Friend, and a friendship was born. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He made me jump through some hoops, drive some cars to another dealership, make an inspection. Yeah. You know, all those things. So. Well, you, is and? It, and, yeah, no. I, I wasn't even buying a car from him, and he made me do that <laughs> stuff. So it's like. I was, <laughs> I was surprised I didn't meet you then. Yeah, exactly. I need your undercarriage inspected. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, as many of you know, like, uh, I'm probably the worst or the best car buyer out there because on one hand i know exactly what i want before i go in most of the time i also know exactly what i'm going to pay for it and i'm okay with walking away from a deal because it's like well i'll just wait i'm an extremely patient person unless i know what i want and i want it then and now and he just happened to find the exact car that i wanted even a little more actually and so i bought it <laughs> it was, was, hard it to was find. fun you could, you could you tried to, it was really it was kind of close actually wasn't it yeah it was in the state yeah, yeah. it was in the state we we try to do um you know, if we can help you get it, we'll we'll try to get it for you. Sure. And you know, at the time, Dan always waits until, you know, he he likes to wait until the first year bugs are out. But then also when the cars are readily available, because yeah. he knows what he wants to pay. And so, uh, you know, I I just you know we we talked about what his you know trade in was worth and how to make the whole deal happen. And he just said, get me this car at this you know money, and if I can get it, I I will do it. And we looked it up, and the the other dealership said, sure, we'll trade you that car for. You know, one that you have, and uh, lo and behold, he got a car. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. There might have been a small scratch on it when we brought it to him, and I think hindsight's twenty twenty. He probably would have just taken the money instead of the replacement parts and then put something aftermarket like carbon fiber on it. But Oh, no, I ended up selling the OEM ones that had the scratch, scratch on them. Somebody was super happy about that, so I ended up making more money than I probably would have gotten anyway. The, the, oh, the fins? The little canard on the front. Yeah. The Z07 package with the Stage 3 Arrow has yeah. those bigger canards, which are very useful. But yeah, Look at you. he was very upfront with it. So making the world a better place. We got a new one. Oh, yeah, I know yeah, he did. Yeah. No, didn't I even have to ask. He was all upfront. Yeah. So yeah. So Brian, I mean, let's let's give our guests a little bit of a, of a or guests, our, our listeners a little bit of a background on you. Like, you know, kind of, you know, you're obviously you're a car guy. I mean, right? As ironic as it is, you're without a car right now. That's like the cobbler's kid. Well, I don't walk everywhere. I just have, don't have I a know. nice car. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> you've got a really nice truck, but yeah, we're um, gonna talk about that. If you don't know, and you've probably seen, your your the car you had was a two thousand seventeen. Okay, what was the whole spec of it? What Camaro ZL one, and it what color was it? Krypton green, Krypton which green. is a good name for this you know area, and that's what it was called in the U.S. But outside, it was called Spitfire, which I always really wished my car was called Spitfire. 
<laughs> I, I mean, if you have you never seen it, it was a beautifully, beautiful, beautiful green Camaro. And um, minus the louvers you put on the back window that make it look like a Mustang. It they was were a great on car. There sometimes. <laughs> they were, they were on I kind of like those. I didn't they were on there. That's the problem. The, the problem with that car <laughs> is it was so aggressive in the front, and then it looked like an SS Camaro in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I needed to do something, and you know I wanted to stay somewhat stock, and so adding the louvers was easy, and matching them to the color change out on the spoiler was easy so no I, I give you crap but it was a beautiful car and the, the spec was good but uh and you drove the hell out of that car Forty-two thousand miles in just under two and a half years yeah so you're putting my record to shame and it was one of four cars at the time i owned it okay <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I mean it's doing it right well i mean it's a, I, I love that car it's always i mean i remember like right when you got it, we we happened to be out at your place for a barbecue or something. You guys came out to see it. Yeah, yeah I just had gotten it, and uh, we did a bonfire. Uh, I can't remember if we did pizza or something, but yeah. uh, I remember just in awe that I had it, and you guys were couldn't wait to see it. And I was like, No, no, it's just a Camaro. It's just a Camaro. And no, like, it's not. You're no, like, it's not. No, no, it's it's, it's not. A beast. And I don't think at the time I even realized what it was because I always wanted a Corvette, and the deal on the car became available. Um, in a unique way, and it was just too good of a deal to not get. Did you and order I, that car, or was that just... That no, I, I went down to a training where I actually got to take the Grand Sport out around um, a NASCAR track, and they had a ZL1 in the pit lanes that they got us to sit in the passenger seat as they went down the quarter mile, and I was like, oh, well, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. And I got back, and I realized that I could get one for a lot less than a Z06. And somebody in California said, yeah, you can have my car. And so we went and got it, and wow. I decided I, I needed it. And I didn't think they could Camaro could make a more mean car than that, but then they did. They one-upped it with the... Uh, the one LE. The one LE. Which is what Blake CB from uh, Right Away Tire, yeah. previous guest of ours, has. Who which is actually was referred by Dan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he got it from you, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he did the same thing. He just said, uh, this is what I'm looking for, and if you can get me one, then, you know, let me know. So I uh, I located him one and said, you know, let me reach the dealer and see if I can have it. And when I when I could get it, he said, uh, all right, get it, and get it here. So <laughs> Imagine that, that was fun. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to get a little bit deeper into, like, where you come from and, you know, from a man Sounds down great. under or whatever it is. <laughs> we'll be right back. In this week's Carter Subaru Tip of the Week, uh, since we were working on Nick's Subaru, uh, it got me thinking, you know what? What is the difference between a shock and a strut? Uh, people, people often interchangeably use those words, but they are completely different parts, and they are not interchangeable. Uh, our friends at Bilstein gave us a, a really simple overview of it, which, honestly, until I read it, I didn't. I, I thought I understood it. Yeah. I didn't, so I'm really glad I'm sharing this. All right, so, and I quote, the major difference between shocks and strut is that a strut is a structural part of the vehicle's suspension where the shock is not. A strut is also a crucial part of the vehicle's steering system and greatly affects alignment angles. So the strut, typically, you can have a strut in the front and a shock in the rear. That's a very common setup. Typically, when you're looking at a strut, if you, like, look at a uh, performance car or, uh, or a race car, You'll see that the camber adjustment is on the strut power, the the plates on the top of the strut, or you can get those aftermarket, and that'll allow you to get more extreme camber angles. Great for the racetrack. There's usually some limited adjustment, and then, as we talked about in our previous tep, uh, tech tip, casters adjustable from there as well. So, and then a shock, which is typically in the rear of the vehicle, the spring is on the outside. It's not integral to the structure. Okay. So simple as that, really. Um, so you can have a spring over a, over a shock but and over a strut. Because like in my car, 
It's over the strut. It's over the strut. Yep. And the and and the adjustment is actually at the bottom of the strut, at the knuckle there. Yeah. Knuckle. So it's yeah. different for most cars, but most of the time it's all going to be on the top. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So and then you can get. I mean, there's going to be tons of variances in this. Uh, way more than people think. So like Corvettes, all shocks. They don't have any struts. Really. Yeah, they use uh, leaf springs. But there, I thought there was a suspension on top of that, like on top of the shocks. There is some adjustment there as well. Okay, but, but I, it's I'm a at shock. height adjustment. Uh, no, there's not actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, they use a bump stop on the bottom that you can literally screw in and out. You take the pressure off it and you can screw it in and out. It's one of the most unique things you'll ever see in your life. It's absolutely, absolutely archaic in design, but functional and it works. Uh, and so, yeah. But anyway, if you're just giving a quick look at a shock and a strut and you want to see the difference, if it's got a spring perch on the bottom, that giant big plate on the bottom of yours that makes it real pain in the butt to put a spring compressor on, um, that's a strut. Like, Hypothetically. Yeah, very quick to look at that. And then a shock not having a spring perch on it doesn't. Yeah. So simple as that. I mean, for the most part, there's always going to be variances. And as we say in our tech tip of the week, as always, it's a high-level overview. <laughs> so yeah. before you send me hate mail, and, well, have you seen this strut? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, have you I seen have. the shock struts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. And then there's leaf springs and torsion bars, like 944s and all sorts of weird things like that. But, yeah, I, had, I didn't think about that from uh, that point of view before. I just, I mean. I didn't either. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you know, so, I knew what I had, but I don't, I guess I, I've always thought of, like, shocks were on, like, you know, off-road trucks and struts were on cars. Right? Yeah. yeah that's kind of how so, most people think of it. Yeah. But, yeah, if you ever look at that and you see that lower perch, strut. Yeah. <laughs> the perch tells it all. The perch tells it yes. all. Anyway, yeah. and that's your Carter Subaru tech tip of the week. And we're back. Always wakes me up. <laughs> Our loud clap cue scares Nick. Pretty much. <laughs> I always know it's coming, but I never hear it. No. Oops. <laughs> so, Brian, before we get into like all the different ways to buy a car and pitfalls people run into, things like that, uh, let's talk about you. You're originally from Michigan. I am. Motor City. Motor City. Um, I, I grew up actually just outside of Detroit, a uh, little over an hour. Uh, and uniquely enough, I had one grandfather who worked for GM and one that worked for Ford. And uh, I knew the one that worked for Ford a whole lot more and somehow still ended up like... Still stabbed him in the back. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> it made for a great experience when I pulled into visual Dan just painted there. Uh, driveway this year yeah. in a brand new Camaro. Um, no, I, it, truly though, he, uh, he graduated from from Ford for after, or I guess retired, right? Graduated. Same thing. But, uh, yeah, same thing. Uh, I think he looks at it as that. Uh, I remember as a kid going to, you know, the big family picnics that they hosted and everything is hot dogs galore. I mean, I've never seen so many hot dogs in my entire life. Uh, there had to have been, you know, 700 people. <laughs> yeah. You guys are You're killing me. Here. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just setting it up. You just volley it in. Just, yeah. Uh-huh, uh, pretty much. But, uh, no, I mean, 36 years and, and, uh, he, he enjoyed it. And I always thought one day I'd, you know, have some Fords and, uh, I went down that path and then um, I also had, you know, grandfather that did 27 years with GM. So, uh, I, I don't know. I've always been a truck guy, so. But uh, growing up, you know, I had an uncle that uh, always liked to work on vehicles in his garage, and that's where I learned the passion for vehicles. And uh, it started off as a young kid as, you know, working on my bikes. And then when I could afford a car, I got a car and have slowly modded it. As you pointed out, I can't leave things alone. So things like louvers yeah, are easy. Like. But I don't know that's why. Like. Yeah, I don't get that. Preaching to the choir, man. <laughs> I don't understand people like you. <laughs> I've always wanted an RC car. Got my kid one this year. And, well, then I had to buy one and, well... <laughs> We broke them, so we got new stuff, and, well, I bought more stuff just because I wanted to change it out. So, 
Yeah, It'll yeah but you were fun. doing it for him. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Right. But but like I said, we grew up just outside of there for uh, the first eight years of my life, and then we moved to the UP, uh, the Upper Michigan, Upper Peninsula, uh, right above Wisconsin, about 15 minutes across the border, and uh, that's definitely truck country. And I've probably loved trucks my entire life, and I will always have trucks. I wish they made a sports truck again with GM. Come on, GM, do that. Yeah. Make me something fast in a truck. You know, like Ford, which is like, you know, I don't know, the truck with the number one resale market so in the country is the Raptor. But no, there's no market for that anymore. You want else. a sports truck. I mean, when, you, when, you, when you say sports truck, I think of like the Lightning and things like that. But yeah. you want... Yeah, no, that's oh, what I would love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I would love to. I would yeah. love to have... The GMC um, Cyclone or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, okay. get, yeah. get us back into something or, you know, take the LT4 and drop it in a reg cab. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, you know, 650 they had horsepower. the SS. Yeah, they had the SS. Okay. And, you know, but... They did the the SS and they did an SS Trailblazer and things like that. I've always wanted those vehicles, but uh, yeah. So I, I like big trucks, and I still have. I searched. Lie. I yeah. cannot lie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> searched for ten years to find my uh, my 1980 K20. Uh, being from Upper Michigan, you always see them, but they're always half of them part and rusted and things Eaten like that. Rust, yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, I was out here and happened to find a great deal on one that needed a little bit of work, but. Uh, a lot less than you would expect. Um, the gentleman that had it before me redid it, and then it sat in his garage for 13 years. So anything that he had for the truck its entire life uh, was in a box and labeled and ready to go. So oh, I, I got love to, those people. Yeah, yeah, I got to put it all back together, and uh, it fired right up, and I couldn't believe it. And, well, I've had my issues with it. As oh, he was starting to restore it, then it sat there. No, he restored it. He okay. drove it for about a year. They moved to uh, the Seattle area from Colorado, mm. and then... Uh, it ended up where it just sat needing um, some head work done to uh, the motor because he took the 350 out and put a 454 in it like, you know, any big truck should have. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. Uh, but, yeah, at 15, I moved uh, from from uh, Upper Michigan out to Seattle area, and I've pretty much been here ever since. I left for a little while, went back to Michigan thinking, you know, maybe I missed something, get back closer to family, and there's zero there for me. Um, <laughs> no cars, no jobs, no nothing that I wanted to do anyways. I'm sure there's lots of jobs. but uh, And then I did Texas for a little while, and that was fun for the months that I was there, a few months. You went from Michigan to Texas? I did. In a That's a climate Ford change. Focus, of all things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to touch that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's all downhill, in January, so you're fine. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and got down there and would talk about trucks. Uh, other than <laughs> them being two-wheel drive, which is just weird to me being from Upper Michigan, um, there was plenty of trucks down there. And then uh, came back here and been here ever since. So there's like literally like Texas edition trucks. And there's a lot of them. Yes. Yeah. The, yes. The King Ranch and the <laughs> yes, yeah, a Longhorn. Like, they're, all they're all Fords, though. <laughs> no, there's there's uh, there's an actual Texas edition Silverado that you can get. Yeah. Is there? Okay. Um, most of that is you know a little aftermarket parts that are kind of predetermined for those trucks, uh, but uh, you know there's a there's an addition for any vehicle out there depending on what area you're in. Actually. Yeah. Uh, touching on that, I just out of high school bought a unique truck to me, right? And then I put custom graphics down the side, and everybody here thought I was weird. And I just thought it was really cool. And then I went back to Michigan about five years later, and I realized why I thought it was cool. All of my family and relatives had, you know, mid-early 90s, you know, vehicles. And oh, it, I know the there. type of graphics you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, okay. just the, sure. it looks the like the cup. ocean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <solo> <laughs> <cup>. Exactly. <laughs> you know, down the side. So um, it's amazing where you're from, what you can find. 
I will say this as, and I, and I love trucks as well. I've owned very few, but I, I like what's with, with GMC or, or Chevy and GMC and, and Ford is starting to re- finally realize like you're seeing this redesign of the, of the beds of all these trucks, the, you know, the step beds and the side, you know, yeah. the sides that open all this wasted space. that was there for all, ever, ever. And they're trying, it's, I like the, where the generations are going. It's, and it's just making you more utilitarian. Well, I think most people just aren't using them like tr- they're using them a lot as dailies. And so well, the all idea of a Denali nice. truck, I look at that and it, I go, you know, you don't want to get it dirty. Of course, <laughs> Ford had it really, they, they had it pinned when they, they made those aluminum beds and people were throwing rocks through them. <laughs> no, the, <laughs> like, the best one is the Lincoln Blackwood. You remember oh, that thing? Oh, yes, I yeah. do. Yeah, I with the, that had with one the of those. inlaid wood. <laughs> and the, it had lights too and, and the, 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 the barn door tailgates. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yep. Oh, we all can't forget the avalanche. <laughs> I mean, technically a truck, right? <laughs> it had an eight-foot bed. Yeah. Well, the, the, it was useful. <laughs> it was, it's it was a country song there. It had a lot of plastic. The, I mean, one, the one that I – it's not a truck, but remember it was like a, a GMC or a Buick, and it was like a minivan, and the rear had this like rolling hatch like where you could – they showed it with like a giant plant in the back. It, it Basically, the back yeah. of the minivan became a truck kind uh, of thing. Sort of like an was, Aztec kind it, of thing. Well, it, it, was, was. it was a modified trailblazer. It was a GMC – um, and what they did was they put the sunroof in the rear that, like you said, it was... Uh, and it, the, the window would yeah. come down yep. and then the sunroof would go yeah. back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, an envoy, I believe, was Which what it was. Which is great for all those people who go out and buy palm trees on a weekly basis. <laughs> that was, so, yeah. uh, they made an SS Malibu that had a uh, sunroof in the rear as well. One of the, the things that the they The Manx did. or whatever it was? The Max? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, the Malibu Max. Malibu Max, that's yeah. what it was. And they were like, everybody was like, what is this thing? <laughs> yeah. Well, they made an Aztec too, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... I, I you guys understand this. There are, there are cars I see on, ro- on the road, and I go, I don't understand how that got past the first phase of design. Like, one of them, there's, a, there's somebody in my building that has one of the Range Rover Evokes convertible. <laughs> well, because I, people have money, and you can get what you no, want for the right amount point, of money. My point is, I've seen one of them in my whole life. Yeah, because one person thought it was going to be great to build. The Nissan yeah. Murano convertible oh, guy? Yeah. Oh, that, <laughs> yeah. It's like he made yeah. more money and got the Evo. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Well, uh, obviously, Brian knows his cars, to say the least, and he, especially the trucks. Uh, those K20s are popular up here, by the way. Mike Ketchum, I'm sure, will be listening. Yes. What uh, truck did you have when we first met, that, first, that infamous first night? Uh, that was a great truck. That was a <laughs> reg cab. I don't know. Well, short it broke bed. down all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, only when I was around you, actually. It broke down many times when I was around you. Um, so if actually, you both know, my trucks have broke when I was around you. I think, it's, I think that's a good point. Yeah. The first night Dan and I and Brian hung out, we were leaving uh, a lovely watering hole establishment, and you had just gotten done building, rebuilding the transmission in this truck. I did. I did. A, uh, this, is, this is a truck that I had also. So remember truck. when I said I, back in after high school I bought a truck? I bought basically the, the first version of this truck, and then I ended up having to get rid of it. Um, and then just a few years ago, I had an opportunity to buy one with very low miles, and I, I did. And then I drove it around and kind of beat on it, and I blew the transmission out of it. So I put a transmission in it. And that's just about the time I met Dan and everybody else. And uh, we, where did we go? We met up for Sorry, a car Wendell. show. No, no we in went Redmond. To that, we went oh, to, yeah. No, we went to Redmond, but then we went yep. to have drinks at that like Wild Hog or whatever yep. it is. And yep. Wild so Wild we were there, Wild and then Wars. you guys said, yeah. well, why don't you just meet us down? We're going to go, uh, you know, to the backside. And we, we, I met you down um, at Hollywood Tavern. And then from there, we went over We've to the other one. <laughs> and uh, We're going to get plaques in the parking lot pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, leaving there, I decided that I was going to show off. Going to show off. With your new transmission. With the new transmission yeah. and the new tires and the lift kit and all the other fun stuff. And um, you definitely don't 
get brand new bigger tires for a, a half ton, red cab, short bed, 1500, and then hold the brake down and then try to accelerate um, <laughs> because it got lots of grip and it went nowhere. And so then I got mad and I let off the accelerator and I stabbed it again, not letting off the brake because um, I was not thinking. And I heard a clunk, a big one. And... <laughs> Those of us that were outside the car heard an even larger clunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember your face looking at me like you 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 didn't just do that. And I remember Dan running over and he just grabbed the tailgate and started pushing. And uh, he pushed me off the side of the road and I just was super embarrassed. And I remember it not, not going anywhere. So I just clicked the four-wheel drive button. And the front started pulling, and I just remember saying, I'm going home, and I drove home. <laughs> you did. You, you go, I got to go. You hit the yeah. button, you're like, I got I to gotta go, I got to go. Yeah, <laughs> and it made the worst noises ever all the way home. Um, <laughs> when I got there, it sat in the driveway for about three months until I could afford to put a new rear end in it. Um, <laughs> and that prompted, if I was going to break that one and put that in, I found a guy that is uh, amazing at his craft, which is, the, you know, transmissions, rear ends, things like that. Up in Linwood, and I think your transmission was great. You did a great job building that. Yeah, he yeah, did. He did. Was yeah. fantastic. <laughs> he, he did, and uh, and so then I did the rear end in the in the K twenty, and uh, <laughs> and luckily have not broken either of those since. Well, ten we haven't seen him in a while. I was going to say yeah. we haven't seen him. <laughs> Give it a minute. Yeah. <laughs> what are you driving tonight? <laughs> the ZR two actually, so <laughs> we could blow one of those. <laughs> it's under warranty, right? That's that one's yeah. currently under warranty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you've been doing the sales game for how long now? Actually, this month was 10 years. 10 years. At Lee Johnson, of, uh, of all places. But you've done a couple of things there, just not just sales. You were... Uh, I started as yeah. just a regular sales guy, and then I went to what they call a floor manager or a glorified key holder, and then uh, <laughs> took my time in the finance office. That was very short-lived. I, uh, I do not enjoy that. Um, it was actually the same week I did that. Benji bought his Corvette. Yeah. And uh, it was fun because I was trying to sell it to him. But then I also had to do finance paperwork. And it was probably like my first, you know, you know, handful of finance paperwork to do. Did you sell him on the undercoating? Please tell me. Uh, three of them, actually. Oh, good. I good, had to get good, the, yeah, the, exactly. the front of the car, yeah, exactly. the middle of the car, and the back of the car <laughs> yeah. done. And uh, Don't forget the front middle. Yeah, the front, you know. I told <laughs> him, don't do in between the gorgeous. wheels, though. Oh, yeah. What, Benji had the, what, Grants, the... It was a Grand Sport, but it was a Heritage. Heritage edition, yeah. yeah. yeah the blue nice. interior. Yeah, yeah. stunning car. We also had to get that one from another dealer. Imagine that. Those, se- those seats <laughs> these, scare these me, like wearing special type cars. It wasn't, if you wore denim or anything in there, I mean... Yeah, they were like a really Benji bright blue. Care. Benji took yeah. care of his car. Well, he was just, he had it with the top off, and you could look in it and see it, and those seats were gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, not unlike myself and Dan, he didn't drive it. Yeah. So <laughs> I tell him that all the time. Well, to he be fair, I think he bought a Corvette, then was told he was having a child, so. <laughs> you know, that was a unique experience. Yeah, I was so, doing yeah, the paperwork, yeah. and and, and she's his lovely like, wife I, let him keep the car. Yeah. No, she, she was there. She, she, was, was, on, she was on board, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, he was getting rid of a four-door. And uh, you know a CTSV and marriage goals, and then said, right. and then his wife said, "Well, you know, we're just doing this because we're about to have a kid." <laughs> I was like, you, "Are you supposed to be doing this?" Like you I said, I was doing my paperwork. The back of a Z06. Um, but it was short-lived, and I did, like I said, just about six months, and it wasn't for me. So I uh, I stepped back into the sales role, and at that time they had all the floor manager positions full, and it was about three months later that one of the floor managers just stopped showing up. Um, and they said, hey, I think you need to be back in the floor manager role. And I said, well, if I go into management, I, all right, I should probably do that. So um, I did that for another couple of years, and then uh, not many people know yet, but as of December 11th, I have uh, actually moved to the desk. So I 
as of right now, we're talking, I don't sell cars. I sell cars at the dealership through the desk manager position. Oh, I don't know what that means. Me either. Um, <laughs> this is I'm a good opportunity. <laughs> what the hell is a desk manager? <laughs> so uh, typically when you buy a car, right, you deal with a salesperson. The salesperson got to go ask for the discount through the desk manager. So oh, I'm the guy behind okay. that. Me there you go. The cool part about us You're is the guy that says, I don't know if we can do that. I don't know if yeah, we can do exactly. that. Get a watch. Get a get a shoe. Get something as a down payment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does he have a grandmother? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, it's it's a lot of fun. Congratulations, it's, I guess. Thank you. Yeah, yeah okay. no, it's it's fun. It's gonna allow me some time, you know, as a sales guy. I learned and I've enjoyed, um, you know, at all hours of the day, your phone's ringing, you're trying to find a car or do something for somebody. Um, as a desk manager, I'll probably be doing that for a while now that I have a lot of repeat customers and I'm more than willing to help them. Uh, so on you my can time still off. sell cars then. Uh yeah, on my time off, I will I will definitely like if you came in and wanted to yeah. see something. Yeah, we could drive cars actually. Um, uh, we had some other mutual friends that came in the other day, and we did that. I was kind of on my way out of the dealership, and they they drove a couple things to see if they would like any of them. And nice. um, you know, I'm I'm willing to do that currently. At, at some point, that'll probably phase out because a lot of times right now I'm just busy, and my customers have to come in, and then I tell them what car to go see, and then. Another salesperson goes with them, does it, comes back, and then I work up all those magical numbers. So oh, it makes it easier for me to give somebody a great deal. I don't have to ask anybody. Right? And you started this role back in December? Yeah, in December. Okay. Nice. So nice. it's very new to this role. Cool. To know. Well, good for you, man. See, now we know when we negotiate. I'm like, I need to talk to the desk manager. Yeah. See? <laughs> I know a desk manager. I know. I know. Um, I know <laughs> a desk manager. They've been really great. They've, they've allowed me to, to actually work numbers for many years, so it was a good transition for for myself and for them to so you like it i do i'm enjoying it we uh we'll see if it uh you know if i can succeed at it right i'm sure you'll do i'm sure you'll find (laughs) well when we were talking earlier you had kind of mentioned this as and i want to talk more about this as far as buying cars that there's like three types of of customers yep Uh, this is 10 years this is um i've I've always kind of classified people as three types of buyers at least that's what helps me sell them a car Right, you're the you're the buyer that comes in. You know, someone like Dan, who's done his research, he knows what he wants, and that is including him driving a few cars. Because typically, you got to go out and drive something. Um, once you've figured out what you actually want, you then do some research on what specific items you want in that car, or what colors, what packages, how much you're willing to pay. You know, Dan's kind of unique because he likes to fly across the country to save four grand, which is great. But for a lot of us, yeah, but we there's can't a road just trip take, involved. With there's that. a road trip. Yeah, yeah, it's not really about this. I mean, yeah, it's saving money on it, but I completely yeah. am aware that it's sort of a wash by the time yeah. I add gas and lodging and yeah. flights. Some of it, you know, it's just at fun. two grand, it's, but you it's, had an adventure. it's a wash. Yeah, at yeah. three grand, it's a wash. At $10,000, you should be saving money so yeah. and having some fun with it. And, and those deals can be had across the country depending on you know what you're buying. You're not going to buy a Silverado across the country and save that kind of money. It's, it's yeah. not going to happen. There's too many of them. But we have talked about that on the show before, that, that the buying market these days, people, especially in the exotic car c- community, but you are, that you have the accessibility of that and the fact that, no, you're probably not going to have, you're not going to do a dealer trade with somebody in Maine just because they've got a truck. You can probably get it. But this market, I mean, Dan's done it, going online and looking at cars and car shopping there, and before you're even driving things. And there are people out there that are buying cars without driving, which I will never understand. Unless you've owned <laughs> one of those cars. Like, yeah. Dan like might have Corv- The Corvette owner. <laughs> well, look, the Corvette owner, I get in the fact that they've owned Corvettes. They know they want a new Corvette. I'm sure there are plenty of people that, have, that you've seen that have ordered the new Corvette that will never drive it before uh, the they take C7, delivery. The C7, actually, until last year, we had never test-driven one before selling it. So um, almost its whole run of build 
we've never had to worry about test driving it to sell it. Um, most people, people just didn't ask you didn't allow don't allow don't allow uh the, the corvette buyers Gee, i wonder why yeah no yeah. kidding hey i'm out of my nissan could i drive that <laughs> yeah well <laughs> and and the, the the corvette buyer that wants to actually spend the money on that car for some reason they they're already bad if they don't if you take the plastics off the car let alone if someone else has Ooh. driven the car let alone yeah. sit i in want the seat. a discount let me see your desk manager yeah <laughs> um now we also with the c7 that it brought a lot of new buyers into the market so um you do have people that understand that, you know, eight miles can be fine as long as it was a good eight miles, <laughs> you know. Um, Wasn't in one spot while the tires were burning off. Yeah. 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 So I can assure you that in less than 16th of a mile, you can go through an entire set, set of, of tires, tires yeah. on a Corvette Z06 <laughs> if you're Ken Gushy. Uh-huh. Your tires. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I okay, figured so that we out digress, but we, the, yep. the, the three buyers. Here. So that's, yeah. that's okay. buyer one, right? They know what they want. They know how they get it, and I just try to help them. And if I can, I can. If I can't, then, then the best thing I can do is tell them, hey, this is what I'm seeing because you probably already found it anyways, and, and see if you can do that with uh, you know place two. Uh, the second buyer is somebody who thinks they know what they want or has at least narrowed it down, meaning maybe they want a truck, maybe they want an SUV, maybe they want a, a car, and they have a reason they want it, but they don't really know if the car they're coming to see is the car they want. And so it's it's getting them in it, getting them driving it, and really breaking down, again, what that car is going to do for them and their long-term plan with it. You know, um, I, I don't tend to keep a lot of cars very long, so <laughs> I put some miles on them, and I got to know that I got to be able to get into car number two or three or four, you know, in, in a year or two. Uh, some people like to keep their cars five or six years. And, you know, does this have the equipment that they're going to the, see themselves needing in five years, right? Like yeah. you said, if people are planning to have a baby and... You know, it, does this have room for a car seat? Sure. If, you know, car seats aren't planning getting, ahead. Planning yeah. ahead, yeah. Sure. Um, and then there's the person who really just doesn't know what they want tire and kickers. why. Yeah, and a lot of times, yeah, they're they're either tire kickers or they're just they what we call the six month turn, where um, it takes them six months to make a decision. And now you just have to be that guy that shows them multiple things. You know, I've been very fortunate to have a dealership that has had multiple brands um, new. And uh, and also carry lots of different used cars. So somebody that's looking can look at multiple things in one day, and then they can come back in three weeks and look at another something that maybe we took in on trade or redrive whatever they they drove before. And um, so yeah, you got the guy that knows what he wants and how to and how to obtain it. You got the person who thinks they know what they want, and you know there's some variances. And then you got the person that really has no idea, and you really have to sit down almost like a financial planner and plan. Yeah. And then you got the fourth type that, that takes on a sponsor of their podcast and realizes they want to get rid of their BMW and goes and buys a Subaru the next day. So yep. there's those <laughs> ones too. So yeah. yeah we mean, call those impulse buyers. That's a real specific. Uh, <laughs> you, know. you would have bought a horse and buggy if they yeah. had it up for they sale. They have a name. It's Nicholas. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good guy. No, Actually, you'd be surprised. Lots of people are like that. You have a Lee Johnson is now their uh, Chevrolet Mazda Kia. So Chevrolet Mazda Kia and used in Kirkland uh, and at the specific location because uh, in a second we'll get to the other location in Kirkland. Um, we have a used car lot in Bothell, a used car lot in Lake Stevens. We have Chevrolet and RV um, used cars in Monroe. RV? You yep. sell RVs? We sell RVs. Okay. So you can buy a truck and then buy you know your RV to go with it or you can just buy a, a whole RV. <laughs> go in on a Friday for... Plan your next vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we can get into why you should or shouldn't finance for long terms, but I can tell you that you can buy a truck and an RV and do about 30 years financing on it and make your payments very cheap. 
Um, <laughs> she better like it for the next 30 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All trucks last 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we got pulling an RV. <laughs> um, Hyundai and used in Everett. Um, we have another small lot in Lake Stevens that sells used cars. And then now we just acquired the Nissan store and used in Kirkland as well. Okay, cool. I didn't know there's a Nissan store. It's Kirkland. the old Infinity uh, over by the Ford store. Yep, right next to Ford Kirkland. Yeah. Oh, I didn't Ford know that. Kirkland. There's that store, okay. then there's Hyundai right there. Yeah, the store was there. Then they kind of tore it all down. They put a road right through there, right oh, on the backside yeah. of Slater, okay. and then rebuilt the store, which turned <laughs> into the that. Nissan store. Yeah. Interesting. I had no idea. Okay. Yeah. We acquired it uh, in November, actually. And yeah. is that is that locally owned? Like, it was. Is it? No, like Lee Johnson. Is Lee Johnson is is always been owned by the Johnson family. Okay, huh. eighty six cool. years um, wow. owned by the Johnsons. See, that goes back. I love that. I love that. That's. I wonder if them and the Carters have fights. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. They're probably well, they're both wonderful people. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know, in our in our thing, the uh, we look at you know who owns what and for how long, right? And I know that it kind of comes down to us, Bickford and um, Roy Robinson. They, I mean, those are all on the, the Chevy side. The yeah, big family. Well, even. You know, Bigford, oh, Ford, 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 yeah. Ford, yeah. You know, those are the the long term dealers, at least right in their local market, that have owned you know fifty plus years. Yeah, I always got a kick out of that. In like North Bend, there's like a Chevy dealership. I think it's I think it's uh, it used to be um, the same people that own the Subaru dealership in Bellevue. It did, and it just got sold to a really really nice guy. I just I just find it funny because like you drive through there and there'd be like trucks, and then there'd be like one Z06 in the showroom. Like the showroom <laughs> wasn't that big. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So. Um, and they have. If you actually go in there, they they are. Um, GM has standards on what they want your car, your you know, your showroom stuff to look like, kind of like McDonald's and Taco yeah. Bell and all yeah. those things, yeah. right? Um, but because they're in historic they downtown, can't, they, can't they, they can't change the look. <laughs> um, Seattle had that problem yeah. for a long yeah. time. I mean, and, exterior wise, um, keep well, the no, even the interior. Because um, GM, you know, mandates certain colors and things that you have to have in the interior. And if you go in there, um, all the little, um, I can't, little die cast, not die cast cars. What's the little racer cars that you can pedal cars? Oh, right? yeah. Right, yeah. they're all along the top from, and they've been in there for years. That's um, it's a beautiful little showroom. Um, That's funny. And do you guys do GMC too, right? We don't. You don't? We don't currently okay. do a GMC or a Cadillac. To me. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like they go together. Well, you think you'll be able to get one or the other, but I whatever. Um, the, the crazy part is they're almost the same car in, in some what? standards now. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Chevy under the hood of a GMC. I didn't know that. <laughs> I think it was the other way, right? Oh, okay. That's that GMC. Yeah. Oh, GM. yeah. Yeah. Um, what should people know before they go into buy a car? Like, what what helps you make them want to make you want to help them? Sound like they should know what they want. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was gonna say honest, honesty with yourself, um, knowing like you you said knowing what you want, but it's, why do you want it, right? Is this because you want it just because you want something different, or is this because you're setting a need for something that you're trying, right? Because some people just cars are commuters and they get from point A to point B, or they go to the grocery store, or they go to work, or you know they take their family around. You know, you guys were talking about trucks earlier and how. You know, people are using them more as a daily driver, right? Yeah. A lot of people will get a four-door truck. Now, a four-door truck sells five times as much as any other truck when, you know, years just a few years ago, the, the crew cab was like the thing that would not sell. You couldn't get somebody to buy a four-door truck. Um, but, uh, yeah, why, why do you want it? What do you, what do you need? For that, that's your first tip to, to going into buying a car. Uh, your next tip is to drive it. Like, you know, other than the, the specialty cars, drive it, make sure you like it, make sure you know what you're looking for in the car to do and then um 
you know, I- explain to yourself and to who's helping you. That's the biggest key is talk to somebody. Don't tell them what you want. Tell them why you want it. Um, you know, if somebody comes to me and tells me they want something, I'm going to ask them if they want six other things. You know, it's kind of the old way of going to Nordstrom's and getting a pair of shoes. When you tell them, I, I want those shoes there, they come out with four boxes. Yeah. Like I, I didn't want any of these other shoes, you know, but you don't know that you actually want to shoe A until you try on B, C, and D. Um, you Makes know, a lot of sense. Th- there is that, that, that sort of, you know, deer to the hyenas look in a lot of car dealerships, and it has in the past. Like, where you walk in there and you're, you're wondering, you know, the salesmen are over there doing rock, paper, scissors for who's going to deal with you and try to make their commission the fast. Yeah. It doesn't exist anymore. No. I think, I the mean, the age of the internet's yeah. changed that. Yeah. It's like, because it, it, it is, like you said, before the internet, you'd walk in and you'd go, we're thinking about buying a truck. And then, like yep. you said, you, a, a good salesman would go, are you sure you want a truck? Maybe you want a van, you yep. know. You don't know what you want. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, that's, I think that's important, even, like I said, knowing what you want. But going in there, you don't know. I mean, options these days. You look at, I mean, the way you can option a car. We were talking off, off mic about the options on, on Corvettes and, and Camaros and the little things like that. And it's just, there's things that you get offered you didn't know you wanted. Yeah, yeah, definitely you don't know. Um, I would say that, you know, Mazda is... It's not an upsell either. They're asking you if you want this because it's a package. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's a package. Yeah. Yeah. Mazda's got it great. You know, we sell probably... That's our number one selling car overall because we sell a CX-5 the most. I mean, we sell 50 CX-5s a month. You know, out of 300 cars right there at the, you know, Chevy Mazda Kia store, 50 of those at least will be a CX-5. Um, but for most people, that's a great bang for their buck. It does everything they need. Um, you know, it's it's going to last a long time. It's going to hold a lot of value. And, and they drive nice. So if you're going in there, right, they only sell them in essentially three or four packages. And it's just how much stuff do you want? Do you yeah. want it cloth? Do you want it with leather? Do you want it with leather and tech? Do you want it, you know, with, you know, some fancy you know, stuff on the side, interior and exterior. Um, Mazda's done a great job. In fact, I was watching the latest Top Gear, and Chris Harris was talking about cars in a certain, like, Yeah, the Mazda and under, 3, you're saying. And he said Mazda 3, uh, yep. hands down. Well, and now that they offer yeah. an all-wheel drive Mazda 3. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, it just came out. Huh. Um, so, like I said, and, and, and they make it super simple Mazda for the customer. to people. <laughs> they, they, they really <laughs> they do. They are, actually. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. funny, yeah. Um, and, and, like I said, just a few packages. Typically, they have a sport uh, a touring, grand touring, and then now a signature, and uh, I think that's good. Too it, many options, and it's—I mean, yeah—it's probably yeah. the best. Yeah, yeah, it's best for both the salesperson and the customer. So I get to be the pre-screen for like everybody buying a car. I get so many messages from people. They're like, "I'm thinking about this car. What do you think? What should I know?" And I'm like, "All right, here's how we're gonna do this. <laughs> this yeah. is, let me talk you out of that without letting you know I'm talking you and out." Anybody of that. who asks me, I'll tell you right now. If you ask me, I'm gonna tell you the first thing you need is the performance package. Yep. I'm like, yeah. but I'm never gonna do a track day or drive fast. Get the performance <laughs> package. The performance. <laughs> yeah. You can stop faster. End yeah. of story. Yep. You know. <laughs> then the second one is get the tech package. But it's kind of funny because now that that the state of that is changing because it's not like. I was I was joke. The nav in my Porsche and in my Audi is the world's biggest joke. It's hilariously bad. Like yeah. it's the most unintuitive piece of junk you've ever seen in your life. And it's you know sticker price on our cars is insane. Please remember that the nav in my Maserati comes in a base charger. Right. So, yeah. 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 And so and so now I'm like, <laughs> what you really want is uh, Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. Yeah. And it's like that's the tech package you want, and then you want nice speakers. Pretty much nothing else matters at this point. If you can plug in your phone and make your phone do the work, you're way better off. So whatever you buy, no matter what it is, I tell people to do that. Well, we're seeing that with DVD, right? It, it was <laughs> yeah. back in the day, everybody had to have a drop-down DVD. 
the manufacturer's charging somewhere between two and three thousand dollars for a drop-down DVD, and it's it's archaic. It's like, why would you want that when every kid has an iPad or an iPhone for three hundred bucks, and you know you can have it in the palm of their hand and have instant you know activities. Yeah, and Netflix. Yeah, and Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's another thing. A lot of these cars are coming with Wi-Fi in them now. Yep. Yeah, built in, which is insane to me. Yep, my uh, let's see which one? and it's yeah. pretty cheap. Yeah, my C seven Z six had really great four G Wi Fi. Yeah, and it uh, I had it was AT and T in the car and Verizon on my phone. So between the two of my road trips, I pretty much had coverage all the time because I would either tether to my car or I would tether my car to my phone, yep. <laughs> or, you know, plug in the car to the phone. And it's yeah. funny, but the electronics in my Corvette were light years ahead of my Porsche. <laughs> So, but Still handling and why you yeah. got rid of one and bought oh, the yeah, other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, no, I don't, I don't sit in my car to play with the stereo. It's it's a nice option, but I go to drive. I'm in the car to drive it. So see, this is the problem. If he ever has children, like he's gonna want to sell them in like three years. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I don't have children. <laughs> Get rid of them. I traded them in already. <laughs> that's why I have cars. On a car, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's way better return. How much investment. for the small one? What will you give me? Uh, <laughs> It's only got 6,000 miles on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other tips would be, you know, when you're sitting down and talking about doing numbers, um, you know, think again to yourself, is is this car within your budget? Now, I'm not a budget person myself. It's just, does it do what you need it to do? And are you willing to pay that amount? Because, you know, it, like you said, we're, we're not in the days of sitting down and discussing four and five and $6,000 in negotiation because everybody's got that car for sale and everybody knows how much you're going to pay for it. But just because the car's outside your budget doesn't mean you should go in and offer $10,000 less. Maybe we just need to change cars. Sure. But you also can sit and say, hey, do I want this? And can I pay it? And am I willing to pay it? And what am I getting out of my return? And um, what, what is your, and I know this is going to be a, a, a large question, but uh, the idea of like when I bought my Subaru, even with my lease, like I built in all the maintenance into it, into the lease payment. Like where it's not, it's, I pay the lease payment and it's not other minus tires and a couple of things. It's not going to cost me. Is that something people should be looking at with these? I mean, with these cars, because like we had talked earlier in an episode about the new Audi uh, A8s and the fact that, you know, people that they're going to have a hard time on the secondary market because if they get in a hailstorm and, and the roof gets damaged, they're totaled because of all the antennas <laughs> and the cost of these cars and the technology that which, which we all love is costing more and more to fix on the aftermarket. Highly recommend maintenance plans. Okay. Um, the maintenance plan, you know, you, you need to understand what you're getting and why you're getting it. Again, if you're just getting an oil change and it's going to cost you, you know, $3,000 for six oil changes, then maybe that's not, not, the the, not the thing. But, yeah, if you can get it to relative to what your ability is to do it um, or for a lot less, like, you know, we offer a maintenance plan that's it's not really a maintenance plan. It's a, it's a retention tool. Okay. And if you actually did the math for most of our cars, it's going to cost you less to just have it paid up front and just come in and take care of it. Usually on the six month, you know, kind of thing, you come in, you rotate your tires, they change your oil, they look over the car and now you just don't got to worry about it. You mm -hmm. know, for somebody who's making a payment, um, whether they're leasing it for three years or they're, you know, purchasing it for four or five, six or seven years, you know, it, it's hard to come up with extra money to get that stuff done. So a lot of times people skimp out on it and, hey, if it's 5 or 6 or $10 or even in some cases, you know, some of these higher cars that take a synthetic, um, you know, $20 more a month, then you never have to worry about it. You pull in and you give them your keys and the stuff's done. And now at the end of 
ownership, it's been well taken care of, and it's probably worth more. And you have a maintenance record. And you have a maintenance record. Yeah, yeah, and that's critical with, especially with sports cars, because most people won't buy a sports car, especially high end without maintenance records. And two, it's like you said, it's cheaper. I, I tell everybody who's asking, who's asked me that to do it. Uh, if if they're not going to do it themselves, or for some reason they don't enjoy doing it themselves, they don't have the time. Which to be most of us don't, even those of us who are mechanically inclined. It's usually cheaper than doing it yourself. Period. Yeah. Especially when you factor in your time, because most of them, most uh, most dealerships, pretty much all of them, I think at this point. Now I'm thinking about it. Besides the exotic market, uh, you don't really even have to have an appointment for those kind of services. You just pull up, they do it right there for you. Wait, and you're you're in and out. You just call them ahead and say, "Hey, can I get my oil change?" To say, "Yep, our wait's 15 minutes," or you can check online in a lot of places. It's well, and we offer both. We you can pull into the service yeah. department, and you can call and make an appointment at the service department, or at the end of the building, there's a quick lube. So, you know, the the dealerships are, are understanding that we don't want you to go to Jiffy Lube. You know, I'm not saying that those are bad things to do, but these aren't. It's not 1990 anymore. We're not putting generic oil in. Not every car takes the same oil. Um, each car has a very specific oil that they want you to use. Um, and things like filters, right? It's say right on the cap now. Yeah. Use Castrol. Use Mobile One. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times your warranty is tied to that. If you don't use the right oil, then they're not going to warranty the car. And you could potentially take it to one of those smaller shops that's maybe they were out of what, you, you know, you needed or they thought, hey, it's it's close enough. And maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Or maybe they have the, the filter that's, you know, similar in size and yet yeah, screws on, but maybe it's not the right one um, and it's too small lengthwise or something like that and it causes other issues so i've seen that um, actually yeah if you if you end up taking it to the dealership they're going to have the parts on on hand and if they don't they're going to let you know and try to schedule you a time to do it before i know for us we have uh, a loaner program so when you buy a car from us you get a loaner for life um so if you came in for an oil change we'll ask you to wait but if you were there and then we ran into an issue and now we can't your service car. your oil. Yeah, we'll, we'll grab you a car and you're on your way. And then when your parts are in and your car's done, we're going to, you know, let you bring the loaner car back and pick up your car. So makes it kind of easy. So maintenance is, is definitely something recommended. Yeah, I, and I agree. <laughs> Just, you know, you want to hear it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I said. <laughs> well, it's different when they say, you know, what would you do versus, and <laughs> we know. One of the reasons I keep people keep sending people to Brian is he never, never, never gives them the runaround. It is what it is. So. There's been plenty of people we've sent to Brian that Brian's gone, this is not what you want, and you will need to go look at these cars. And they, he may not sell them, but that's the honesty about it. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah That's a good time for our second break. So we're going to take one break, and we'll be right back. We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. Oh, yeah, look at us. We're back. Here we are. <laughs> Where'd we go? Somewhere else. Bathroom break. Bathroom break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're talking about what you should buy. What else should people know? You had a few more tips for us. Um, other little tips will be, depending on the car, right, take your look at a lease i think today's market people are turning over cars fast cars are expensive right so is a car going to hold a lot of value can you use it during the mileage that it's required and and maybe pick up a lease on that car some cars you know like a chevy tahoe don't have a good lease and you don't want one and there's reason why but we could have a whole nother episode on that so yeah 
Um, it's actually, I was telling somebody the other day, she's like, should I get a lease or should I buy it? And I was like, are you buying a Jeep or a truck? And they're like, no. So like, get a lease. Yeah. <laughs> like, pretty much that's it. Brian and I were talking, and, and I did not know this, the extent of this. I guess I knew it existed as far as turning in a car during the lease, as far as looking at the residual plus the payments you owe, and if mm-hmm. it's worth more, if, if you're kind of over water, uh, over over your head or under your head. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. come on. Underwater, overwater? No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> No, I yeah, mean those it, are the same thing. <laughs> everybody was shocked when I said I leased the Camaro. Um, it it was just a it was too good of a lease to pass up, and actually GM got so rid of it. You went over on miles on that. I didn't. I did a four year forty eight, and I only had forty two thousand miles when I got rid of it after just shy of two and a half years. So I never <laughs> was actually over miles. I still had you know six thousand miles and another See, year. See, I'm the and opposite half. of that. Like I'm allowed twelve thousand miles a year on the Subaru, and I think I'm just at seven now. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, well, the next time I buy a car in Delaware, we'll just drive to go get it. Yeah. <laughs> not in my car. Right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the other tips are, you know, do do business at a place you f- you're feeling good about. You know, if if you see online reviews or you went in and it just didn't feel right, then, you know, try to see if you can get that car somewhere else. Um, if you, you know, Dan, you said you've never been afraid to walk away from a deal. That's You got to have that mentality and you got to find somebody willing to, sell you a car with that mentality right and there's car car business has a bad name because there's you know there's lawyers and then car salesmen and you know above us is everybody else so um if you can find somebody you can trust and talk to and communicate with and then get what you want and then hopefully go back and see them you know if if you know in your case i couldn't sell you your next car it wasn't a car that i could have but it doesn't mean it's only my c8 when i need it so yeah so (laughs) Need. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been, like I said, fortunate to be somewhere that I've enjoyed for so long and I've had great experiences at um, that I hope everybody comes sees me. But I also know and I'm real that I can't get everybody the car they want. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not going to sell you a new McLaren. I just, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I would love to. They're beautiful cars. Um, I don't think there's a lot of profit in them. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows yeah. at this point, right? Um, you just yeah. need to you just need to worry about what that that beautiful white 911 of his is worth when he wants a C8. Uh, it's going to be another 911 because I'm it? still going to wait for that C8 Z06. I've seen a few little renders here and there, but th- that's me. I, have I, you have you seen anything? Okay, we can anything? talk about it. Um, yeah. I so I don't know anything specific. I was told I should hold out um, by a very very good trainer of ours for the Z model. Now I'm a very impatient person, so I did just see that the Z51 was one one hundred second slower than the ZL1 around the Norberg. So it's got me very intrigued to just pick one up as soon as I can. But I will know, um, I just got my announcement that the 31st of March, I will be going down and doing a two-day performance driving school on the C8. Um, That's got to be fun. I, well, I did it for the C7. And, you know, when Dan bought his, I, I still wasn't talking, you know, stopped talking about it two years later. So I'm very excited about that. And that will probably determine if I'm willing to try to be patient enough to get a car or if I'm just going to end up buying a C7Z. Cause well, even yeah, even the old C7, though, if you bought a, a, a base C7 with the Z51 package, I tell everybody the Z51 shouldn't even be optional. That should just be the car as it is. Cause as a base car, it should be. Yeah, the base Stinger, the yeah. base C7 with the Z51 is an amazing car. Yeah. It, it really is. No I, one needs more than you know, no, the Grand Sport is, and The Grand Sport was the sweet spot for me, I think, for most people. But it's like the C8... Man, it's everything I've read, everybody I've talked to, all the, all the demo videos I've seen, people just are 
in love with it. They love the way it drives. Well, I remember when the the, the, the C7 the Stingray came out, and it was gorgeous. And the only thing that ruined that car for me is when the Z06 came out, and you looked at how wide it got and how <laughs> yeah. mean. And, and, I, and, and I keep and, and then you stopped the wanting to look yeah, at oh, yeah. the and regular then I look at the C8 now, and I'm like, oh, it's wonderful. And I'm like, oh, but they're gonna they're, they're gonna, gonna put big old haunches on that. Yeah. There's gonna be a wing and a, probably a supercharger. You know, I don't think so. I think I that think so. I think Z06 is going to go back to its roots and be naturally aspirated. I think it'll be something we really? haven't seen yet. Yeah. Yeah. All motor flat plane crank. Give it I, to me. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> I'm I excited. Sorry. I can see from here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard, but uh, you know, I think that I think that's what's going to happen. I think we'll see roughly 100, 150 more than the current model is going to have. Uh, but still naturally aspirated, and that's what I aspire to. Is that the regulations we're living in, or is that Chevrolet just not wanting to do the? Well, I think it's just going to be hard to get more than you know, roughly five fifty, six hundred out of a naturally aspirated car. But and that being said, fine with it. With the C six, no, that'd be C- great. With the yeah. C seven, you had seven hundred, seven hundred fifty horsepower, and now you, a new Z six, you want me to only have five? No, that was a ZR one. Yeah, you had six fifty. What that. did you have in 650, your six fifty? Okay, but still. It, you that's still 100 But if less. you got lighter and faster and stronger, you don't need as much. And, and that's my point. I'm, no, you my, need more horsepower. But <laughs> the thing was... Is it, <laughs> with lots of stickers, because that gives you horsepower too. It, as fun as it is to do 60 mile an hour burnouts on the freeway, and it is, <laughs> uh, it's completely unnecessary. And there were many times I was thankful that I've driven enough rear wheel drive cars in my life as I was exiting a corner unintentionally sideways that I knew not to suddenly step on the brakes or, the ga- or let off the gas because oh. you, you did that a lot in that car. You do it in the ZL1. By yeah. the way, that would have been nice to tell me that last that first time I drove your car. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's... Why is the front back in in front? Well, we can... I mean, your previous guest, G, I like to call him, right, Garov, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it was always hard for me. I, I consider myself a decent driver, right? And I got my car and we went down to the track and... Um, I have a lot more power than him, but somehow he was faster. And I was like, all right, that, that has to be the car. I mean, it has to be the car. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm guessing he'd still be faster if he was driving my car too. Uh, Garov has done a lot of track time. A lot of I track always, time. I yeah. always laugh and at people fair, who never And to be fair, that guy's expect- in a gym all the time. He's lighter than crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always laugh at people, though, because they don't, they don't expect that from him. No. Yeah. Well, especially <laughs> the first time we showed up, and he's like, hey, do you have this or that? I didn't bring anything. And then, you know, you he's out there, and, you know, the first time I go around, you know, some, some nicer cars, and then I see him going around those nicer cars, okay, that makes sense. And then I see him going around me. I'm like, whoo, all right, I need a different Last car. Last time I loan him things. <laughs> Yeah. So. yeah, he is a shockingly good driver, and I yeah. laugh at every time I see him. I'm like, dude, you, how many tires are you going through? And yeah. they're not—they're not all baked off in the rear. He's like going through the fronts too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Most that, of them are inside his wheel well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was the exciting part of the ZL1. I did not expect. We talked about maintenance. Um, how much things cost? I've never had a car like that. I've had some unique cars from from truck sides, but trucks are so cheap. You know, when you buy a, I had a supercharged truck, a Callaway Silverado. It was um, cool. I, you know, that wasn't short. Yeah, short oh, story. Okay. Um, I sold that truck brand new to a, a previous customer of mine, and I, I told her, I said, hey, w- one day when I'm old enough, I'm gonna buy this car. Just you can't ever sell it without calling me first. And one day she called me, and I was like, okay, I did say it, and I do want it, and I figured it out, and I went and got it, but. Um, those parts are so cheap and so integrated that every, you know, GM SUV in Silverado, you know, or Sierra has those. The ZL1 really has ZL1 parts along with some Cadillac parts um, off the Vs. So you're kind of limited. And I could not believe after nine sets of tires and a set of brakes and, 
you know, other than you I went through a set of brakes on that thing. I did. Dang. Did you have no, five track days? He didn't have carbon Oh, okay. I was like, no. wait a minute. <laughs> okay. No, and uh, and you know, it was just it was I've I've done lots of brakes. You know, we'd go in your garage, pull the tires off, pull the you know calipers off, take the you know everything. Everything's cheap. You can buy it cheap anywhere. And you know, when I nope. tried to find those rotors and pads and and potential aftermarkets it was almost like some of the aftermarkets were less money um or at least they would be less money if you could change out just the the rings later but um i could not believe that it yeah. was almost 900 dollars for front rotors i was like what i i've done multiples of cars two for they're two piece right yeah yeah, yeah. Two -piece rotors, and you can why. only buy them together yeah so it's just like i just could not believe it it yeah. blew my mind holy yeah. yeah. So if you wow. Yeah. And they've come down a lot now. You know, I I only had the car about a year, and uh, and nobody you went made through nine set of tires in a year. Well, I went through three fronts and um, five rears. And you did so do eight. an epic road trip, right? In fact, back to your back to we Michigan, did. Right? I drove it back to Detroit and back. Well, I actually did a big loop through the UP and then back down through Detroit and then home. Um, and we did that. Uh, a group of us, four of us in two cars. Went there and back, and it was an amazing cool. eight days. Other than the, the potential ticket, I, I allegedly had. picked up. Yeah, <laughs> no, I picked it up. Um, <laughs> I just allegedly was doing what the ticket said I was doing, and determined later that I was not doing that. And um, <laughs> I don't have said ticket on my record. Did that go away? Good. It did. Yeah. Okay, no. Uh, the one thing I really enjoyed about the ZL1 was the data recorder, and the data recorder showed that everything the cop said I did was not true because it told you everything i did do so um reckless driving was not one of them huh and so the court there's ever going to be a point where, where and i don't even the government's gonna be able to go okay give me your data recorder there is if you no. commit a vehicular homicide or you are involved in a manslaughter they can uh warrant the black box of your car interesting yeah so yeah. It, it's very very rare but certain circumstances will get you that grant that order i'm just no. seeing it like you know you get pulled over by a cop he's like open your door let me see your ob2 no nope, nope, i'm good no nope, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's broken that would require a warrant <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. yeah uh also you um going to use this part to transition on you are an active avance member which uh yep. and you have a lot of customers from avance i have a ton of customers of we actually just sold one today uh, a, a new Look bolt they leased a bolt um huh. that was fun bolt yeah bolt. little electric bolt. Bolt with a B. Oh, I thought it was Volt. They had one of those. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a smaller one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And if you're like me and doing a seven-mile commute in traffic, it's probably a great car for somebody who's looking for the ultimate in practicality. Yeah. So Especially with over 200-mile range. I think yeah. it would just screw with people. Everything's going that way electric anyways, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yes, and Adam was fun uh, and has always made me part of it, even if I didn't have a, a nice car, because he was trying to make me part of it just when we had the old truck. So um, that was nice. and. He's a good dude. They got I've a couple of things of coming up, right? They do. Yeah. Uh, are you doing the Avance Drive? Uh, this is the 22nd we're talking about, this Saturday coming up, the day after the show. Um, I'm not doing the official Avance Drive. I've asked everybody in Avance if they want to do my snow drive. Um, so anybody that's listening, you're welcome to meet us in row on uh, 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. But I, I won't make it to the official Avance Drive. Uh, that said, you should be well-equipped for this drive. I've been on... Many off-road adventures with Brian, and uh, I would recommend a lift and a winch. Um, you can probably get by without a winch if you, but you should definitely bring a tow strap, and you should definitely have good tires and have your vehicle in good condition. Just because you don't get stuck out there, they'll pull you out. They're, it's a good crew, but uh, take care of your stuff. Yeah, I did put on there that your car or you know vehicle of choice has to be up in maintenance, and uh, you should be prepared to drive in some deep snow. So you know, obviously, don't show up in a Prius. 
uh, or maybe you should and we'll just drag it through it <laughs> yeah, we'll just drag it through it you know we had an experience mm. <laughs> uh we did an avance one of these last year and uh one of the porsches made it incredibly far um but at some point the suspension kept going further down when it was digging in the snow and pretty soon it was bottomed out yeah so easy to do in the snow around here yeah i'm gonna have to do that with the cv okay yeah. So yeah. that's uh, that's Avance Drive. That's 8.30 to 1.30 p.m. Go to Avance.com. Check that out. And it ends at uh, uh, some dyno action at Mad Max Cars. I haven't been there before. So check that out. I think out. they're doing dyno, and then they're going to Mad Max Cars. Oh, okay. I think. I think they're doing – yeah, I, 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 it's been a while since I've read it. I think they just actually launched – if you don't know, we record these on Mondays. But uh, <laughs> they, launched the, they, they launched it today as far as – they're going to do some a dyno, and then they're driving down to Mad Max Cars, which the Mad Max Cars thing sounds kind of neat. The if you haven't been to these events, I mean, every one of them that I've been to has been awesome. From the time you show up through the event and then everybody, you know, talking while you're there and leaving um, happy, it's it's worth it's worth the time. Yeah, it's, it's just a really, really cool community. And then they're doing, uh, on like, March – First, I believe they're doing that Avance Tech session with uh, Peace Vans. Peace Vans, which I'm actually I'm thinking about taking my parents to that. Yeah, the Vanaguns, Ford yeah. Transit. That that yeah. does look really cool. Uh, for our Portland listeners, uh, Avance is still going strong down there. They have a tech session at the Avant Garde Collection. So uh, it doesn't look like it is a charter member event either. So yeah, that'll be really cool. Ooh. Yeah, Are you a charter so. member? No. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> I haven't had a lot of time lately. <laughs> I know you don't. It's rare that you have the time off to go to these things like us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now I don't have a car. <laughs> you need to stop awesome saying truck. that. I mean, you still got a great truck. <laughs> I yeah. do. I love my truck. Yeah. Uh, my wife's truck, actually. It's my wife's truck. Yeah, that's right. It really is. Yeah. 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 Even better. Your wife is a very cool Zero Two. That's yeah. Swiss Miss money right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting this whole time for that. <laughs> no, that one just actually just popped just into my popped head. It. So, yeah. Hi, Annie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Well, Brian, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Hopefully, we can do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.